0: Look, pop culture. You are listening to the next report.
1: Hey, everyone. This is Stephen Kelly and Thomas. Wanted me to chime in on any sort of projects or anything I had planned for this wonderful new year. Um, as you guys know, from listening to the podcast, 2013 was kind of off and on for me. Uh, you know, Thomas and I started up the podcast, I believe, back in February. And, uh, you know, I had to, in the summer, had to stop doing it. So one of my chief goals is to make a bigger commitment to the mixed report and also keep my own projects going. Um, you know, we've plugged it a few times, so I have my science fiction website, An American View of British Science Fiction. I'm going to keep doing that. Um, one thing I'd like to do is I've actually only recently started getting some decent payouts for that. I'd like to actually perhaps create a uh, or like discuss you know ways people can monetize blogs and you know get money and I'm, I'm by no means making tons of money from it my last payout um, for it has, basically I've been getting like 25 something dollars a month but that's a start you know some people are you know don't make anything like that so I've also recently uh, started up a blog devoted to old school anime, uh Japanese cartoons for those who don't know. And uh I've been slowly getting back into that. I kind of had a falling out with that stuff a couple of years ago and uh, um kind of got burned out on it, I guess would be a better word. And you know, me being the spe- the pop culture specialist on here, I kind of figured I can broaden my topics a little bit. Um, yeah, I would like to perhaps try to get some more, uh, articles written for both the mixed report and, uh, Layfield report, two websites that I've been contributing to. And that's really about it for me. Um, hopefully I don't have any more car accidents or any other ridiculous situations happen this year and we're looking for a good year. But hope everyone has a great 2014, and as always, have a wonderful day.
2: And welcome to episode 37, the first of 2014. Um, you just heard Stephen Kelly call in and give his um, details on Thomas and Stephen. The, the other Stephen, <laughs> Stephen Tompkins, Stephen Kelly. Um, he's got you know overtime at his work this week so hence hence the idea of calling in um use the same call-in number by the way that anybody can use if they want to give feedback for the show it's uh 660 um just call in and say hey um we want you to talk about this, or I like this, or don't like this. Why or why not? Something like that, or guest suggestions. Um, it's it just basically leave a voice message when prompted to do so, and and then that's basically it. Um, he he talked about stuff that he's going to be doing a little bit more of in 2014. His website's in American View, BritishScienceFiction.com. He also writes for the Layfield Report, and uh, he has written for the magazine in the past, and he, he may very well do so again, as well as the website. Um, basically, when it, when, probably when something just strikes him, goes up, oh, this is perfect for this. So, um, anyway. Tompkins, what projects are you thinking of doing this year? I'll leave mine for, like, last.
0: Well, um, some of the things I've had planned for a while was, uh, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show yet or not, I have a Raspberry Pi that I acquired uh, about halfway through the year last year, and my initial idea for that was to be my Media Center PC hooked up to my TV, my 39-inch Emerson. And... I've experimented with it. Uh, I've tried multiple different um, operating systems that run XBMC, and uh, those of which that are officially supported by the Raspberry Pi Foundation are C, which is basically Raspbian with XBMC running on top of it, and it boots straight into it. Or one that came around later on after I was messing around with that was uh, OpenELEC, which stands for Open Embedded Linux Entertainment Center.
2: So, kind of a media center type of thing. I've seen some screenshots of it. It looked, looked pretty um, sharp.
0: Um, what's your experience with it? Um, I, I used it and I watched a, a <coughs> show or a series that I watch on YouTube. There's multiple ones. There's one. It's called Slash Drive. They do uh, stuff with vehicles, like vehicle reviews. Um, uh, They have different segments on there for, like, muscle cars, if you're a muscle car fan, or uh, Chris Harris, he's a British guy. He does a lot of British vehicles, like Jaguars, stuff like that. And then there's also um, a parody show that I watched on there for a while, and it's, it's a very smooth running operating system. You can if you can overclock your Raspberry Pi, which um, you can overclock it up to 300 megahertz higher than the standard clock, which is at 700 megahertz, and still not void the uh, manufacturer's warranty.
2: Yeah.
0: Turbo mode, they call it, right? Yes, yeah. Uh, there's there's various settings like um, the, the way the uh, hardware operates. You have a text file that it reads. It's called um, uh, config dot and you make all your changes in there, and they have preset settings that all you have to do is just uncomment it, and it'll automatically overclock. You just restart your your Pi and then get going, and it should work. Um, I haven't had any problems overclocking mine, and when I do overclock it, I notice a lot. It's still fairly stable, but a lot more responsiveness, more stability, or uh, not stability, but... uh, uh, Smoothness and some of the menus and stuff like that. Uh, 3D, the 3D acceleration is actually fairly nice, uh, seeing as it runs off of a single 5 volt micro USB port that powers the Pi. Um, it's it's pretty amazing what it can accomplish. Uh, but my plan for that is I want to be able to use it for like backups. Um, net, network access for uh, file storage, some other things like that um, and then I also would like to update my website that I have, which is pretty much bare at the moment and I need to uh, work on that So it's so like and yours yours is just like something that is provided free by your ISP right? Uh, well, the actual website itself, the, the um, hosting service is by my internet service provider, Charter. They offer you a free web space up to 20 megabytes. Um, you're limited to certain uh, like scripting languages. They support like uh, VBScript, Visual Basic Script, uh, JavaScript, um, and your standard HTML, HTML5, other things like that. You just have to worry about space concerns. And I need to put more than just a resume on my website at the moment. So I need to basically just revamp it. So, wait, they people still use VBScript? Uh, I'm not sure if they do. I just know that <laughs> it's supported by Charter. <laughs> okay. Well, it's like VBScript.
2: Well, wow. it um, reminds me of how uh, a co-worker of mine at the night job I have um, which yours goes into night. Um, they they moved to Pennsylvania. They're like, hey, all this stuff can leave the line And I appara- you know, I got a copy of Windows XP Professional x64 Edition, which the update path for that's not quite the same as XP. It was a lot of updates for Server 2003 x64 can be applied to. Well, XP-64 Bin Edition, so <coughs> that was interesting. Um, one of the things I'm going to work on this year is bugging the people who apparently own the code, own the rights to the code for the levelator, which uh, has been used time and time again to level the audio of most of our podcasts. Some of them I didn't use, and then then I tried using it, because it, Stephen Kelly initially used it to, you know, level out a lot of our uh, earlier episodes, and then later on, I'm like, let's let's see if I can make this work. And in Netrunner, I was able to get the Windows version working using Wine, a compatibility layer, but newer versions of Wine don't work with it. Um, it basically crashes when I try to. You know, Pull in a file and let it do its thing. So, I've had to run a virtual machine, share a folder through that virtual machine, run run the utility and everything else. And now that I have uh, now that I have x sixty four bit sixty four bit edition of XP, I was able to create a virtual machine and I and install. That utility again, so that I don't have to go to Microsoft's uh, Modern. website just to grab a virtual machine image for a few days,
0: because
2: <laughs> it's just like oh my goodness. So um, bugging Red Giant Software about this until they get an answer, and then going from there. Because you know I wouldn't even be doing that if somebody would at least maintain the Linux port, because. It's outdated. It's targeted towards older versions of Ubuntu and an older version of Python. So, it's just <coughs> enough to make me cough, I guess. I don't know. Um, some of the stuff I'm wanting to work on, I started Well, I started a day ago. Um, I installed Fedora on the Tekra M9 just to see what the interface looked like and get screenshots of the installer. I installed it on this desktop that we're using to record this episode now. And of course, I had to pull in the right, um, right copy of Audacity because if you do it straight from the Fedora repositories, it doesn't have um, FFmpeg support built in. So I had to pull a copy from the RPM Fusion <laughs> repository instead like I'm like okay people come on I, I know you're, you're doing the whole free software thing but I believe the patent for MP3 technology has expired already if memory serves or it's very very close to if it hasn't already it's been the other 20 years but, oh well. So, starting with Fedora, um, I'm looking to see what to run next month. I haven't quite decided yet. Um, it might be Majea if they release in February, or I pick something else if, if they haven't gotten there. Ubuntu will be on there for sure in April, just to see how it's progressed. And, and I'd like to do Gentoo sometime later this year. Yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to <laughs> torture myself. <laughs> and yes, I will try installing it on the Reason Breeze 3110, with, complete with Intel Atom Processor. First-generation Intel Atom Processor. Yes, yes, I will torture myself for several days. So... The Tecra M9, I can't really use for testing beyond trying to install stuff. So, um, the problematic GPU on it, it might be going out. Anytime I try to install the NVIDIA drivers, it just—it would just hang. So, problematic motherboard, maybe something like that, who knows. But, um, I'll, I'll basically use it as the whipping boy of sorts to see if the system is feasibly installable, because most systems are, it's just, I use the proprietary drivers and the thing hangs, so but <coughs> so yeah, I'm not real thrilled with that at the moment but that just means I'll have to acquire a different portable system with NVIDIA if I want more well-rounded reviews, which is what I was hoping for, but I'll be a little bit more careful when I'm shopping on eBay. When it says for parts and repair, I'll and it as is. I'll, I'll know that there comes a risk of you not being able to salvage it with additional parts. So, I mean, have you ever run into this? You're like, oh, I'll just buy this part, that part, put it together, and it doesn't completely work 100%. It works mostly except for one little thing, just spent all this money on this. I
0: can't just throw it away now. I've had that situation with new parts too. Like um, I, built, I built my desktop that I have about uh, a little over a year ago. A year from August last year. So in 2011, or 2012 sorry. I built my desktop and uh, later after that Christmas I got a bunch of money from family members and other things and getting rid of some other stuff. And I decided I needed some more expansion ports. So I looked up various um, expansion slots and inserts that you can put in. And I found one from NZXT's site that matches my case and that looks, looks fine with my case. And it's got like two USB ports, multiple different memory card slots, MMC, SD, the whole works, the whole nine yards. And I hooked it up. And... It didn't install any drivers. I had to go find some drivers for it, which I thought was a little ridiculous, considering it's usually just plug and play. But um, and now I'm having a couple of problems with one of the USB ports. If I plug in like my Xbox controller, which I use for video gaming, or uh, or any other USB device for that matter, in one specific port, it says that the USB port has uh, had a power surge. And I'm not completely sure why. But I did look at the port, uh, the port itself, and it looks like a couple of pins are bent.
2: Oh. So, basically, you know, buyer, let the buyer beware. Yeah. Like, did you buy this on, like,
0: Newegg, or was this off of eBay or Craigslist? Uh, well, I actually did buy this new, and... Uh, I couldn't buy it off of Newegg, Craigslist, or anything like that. I was trying to see if I could get a better deal somewhere like that for a new one. But, unfortunately, I could only buy it from NZXT's site, the uh, NZXT Armory store. Okay. And, I mean, it it works great. I mean, it's just the problem is that USB port. I'm not sure if it was just um, overuse or... Maybe it was just poor manufacturing on their part, but not completely sure. Like, I,
2: um, I, yeah, it's just, that, it's just the small things that irritate me. Like, like the Nervo drivers work fine unless I do anything 3D related. I can run a game or something like that for a little while then. And then after, you know, exiting, um, this if if the desktop uses 3d rendering at all for effects um, artifacts on the screen on occasion and I'm like okay I'll try to install the proprietary drivers hangs the system on fedora 20 and and it's it's not it's not the distributions fault it's and there have been issues with Nvidia's newer drivers anyway but I don't think it should cause the system to hang, but oh well. Um, basically, anything that, like, if I want to learn Gentoo without messing it up, basically I'll just try installing it on there first and go from there. And because I, I, I have followed some instructions before and gotten to the point where stuff's installed onto the hard drive, and I, I can boot into that it's just that I have never got to the point of having a full desktop environment on there because I couldn't get that far and then again at the time I was running on a lack of sleep so that probably is why um, don't, don't install Jet2 if you haven't had enough sleep either <laughs> and work on it all night into the morning that was, that was not a good idea so, um, each month doing doing a different distribution. I may try doing one of the BSDs, um, torture myself yet again. Depend all things depending. Um, I will I will know this. I um, other than maybe I'm going to a netrunner, unless it's really really interesting. Um, I will only uh, those other than those two maybe uh Debian edition if they if they release that again I'm probably only gonna do um pure Ubuntu and then one other Ubuntu derivative or maybe two depending but don't want the whole year being dominated by an Ubuntu based distro so, um at the end of the year probably put together a book complete with screenshots and everything else, and I'm paying more attention to things like the installer, like 64-bit edition, I use the live installer. For, I'm using the live installer for all the systems. And one of the things I've noticed is 64-bit edition, when I select the time zone, the list doesn't scroll. So if, if you're in Chicago time, which is central, that, that's way below other... Entries I can still search for it and choose that, but that list doesn't scroll down at all. I'm like, oh, you know, minor annoyance, but it could be one that could turn a user off instantly that's not so experienced with that type of stuff. And I'm paying more attention to what the installer does and things like that. And and make a note of that and going into a little bit more detail to see how people how individuals would be able to adapt or adjust and everything else so just minor nuances and things like that but I think a list that doesn't scroll down is kind of problematic a little bit
0: yeah yeah, it can be
2: Um, I mean like I mean I, I hit the keyboard it goes all the way up the screen and I hit the keyboard a couple more times to have it go back up and eventually entries start getting highlighted again and I'm like oh well this is interesting. So that, that's kind of a I didn't notice that in the thirty two bit edition. Thirty two bit edition their list actually scrolls when we're selecting the time time zone so that your clock can sync up correctly. So I'm like, that's weird. Um, probably acquiring one more piece of hardware, because the Tekra was going to be, Toshiba so Shiba Tekra M9 was going to be for the portable platform that had NVIDIA, just to see how the drivers work, but... Well, kids, fire beware when you're going on eBay. If it says, as is required to repair, um... Yeah, just be more careful than that. Um, even a manufacturer website, you can run into issues. This we've already discussed. But yeah, that that's some of the simple stuff. More definitely go to more conventions and have more photos available of cosplayers and things like that, and more. And I'd like to get more guests. It's been a while since I've had guests on the show, so. And I'm trying not to cough. This weather going back and forth is causing me to... My son, this is you crazy. My throat go. <laughs>
0: so it's understandable. <clears throat>
2: pretty much. Um, but yeah, it's, you know definitely post more, you know, more on the website. But this, but this, distro journey 2014 is kind of going to be a major, major project for this year. So that, so that I can have a book published at the end of the year and people can be like, "Oh, cool! This is kind of how things have progressed." More of a historical type of looking back. So, um, but yeah, and SteamOS might be one of the things I look at. Um, haven't decided yet. My, not all my, only one of my systems would theoretically be able to run it, but. That's about it. So, um, I don't know. And maybe acquire a Chrome-based desktop, because Chromebook's a nice, nice, productive key system for me. I like it. As long as I have internet access, so, um, do a, that way I have a separate desktop and a Maybe acquire an older Mac,
0: just to play with that OS ten. I don't know. I've I've been wanting to pick up a Mac myself, mostly because um, I'm a I'm a programmer. I'm learning programming anyway, and if you would like to make something for the iPhone or the iPod or the iPad, the only problem with that is you have to compile your code with um, Apple's own program called Xcode. It, it builds the project for you. you. You can write the code inside. It's got its own built-in editor, but for you to publish the app or if you want to test the app on an iPhone or an actual device, <coughs> you have to have a Mac.
2: Uh, I've been noticing that Firefox OS, the recent... Firefox browser release, there's tools to test apps on a Firefox OS simulator, too, so things are going to get more and more interesting in the mobile space as well.
0: I actually installed that tool in my uh, Firefox browser on my desktop, uh, just to play around with it a little bit, get familiar with it, to see what it's like. Because I thought about picking up... I'd like to pick up another phone for like um, the Ubuntu Touch project just to test it out see how it goes Uh, unfortunately that's a lot of money at the moment but with the introduction of Firefox OS halfway through the year last year there's a lot of companies like CTE which is a uh, company I think it's based out of Europe I'm not sure but they, they put out fairly cheap phones smartphones and stuff and they released one. It's not available in the U.S., but it actually natively runs Firefox OS. And Firefox, uh, Mozilla has, has said themselves that they support multiple different um, languages for writing the applications that run on Firefox OS. And you can even use HTML5. Oh, yes. And that
2: is and more and more people switching over to that to an extent because of it more easily integrated with other systems, so um, OpenShot 2.0, the guy's using HTML5 for the little timeline that when you open a video editing project through that. Um, <coughs> so that's uh, that's going to be interesting. Um, going Doing more stuff on YouTube, speaking of video, it's going to be another Another big thing for me, because um, you, YouTube will force me to be more familiar with video editing. And getting a bit better at Audacity, so that hopefully I can edit audio effectively to the point where I don't have to use things like the levelator to level out voices or anything like that. It just saves time, mainly. <coughs> because I just throw the voice in... The voice, voice audio into it, and it'll level everything out. And then I re-import it back into Audacity, throw everything else together, edit it, put it together, and then at that point, it's you know ready for prime time if you want to look at it that way. So, um, and one of the big things I'd like to do is engage the audience more. So if if you have feedback, please leave it. You know, jump on our Facebook fan page, um, all linked at thenextreport.com. Just say, hey, can you do this, can you do that, that sort of thing. And, and call in at 660 345 Leave a voice message. You can, you know, what projects are you working on this year? And, and feel free to leave feedback. You could very well wind up on the show. Uh, Google Voice is very, very nice about that, to where you can download the MP3 version of the voicemail and, and throw it in there. So, and we're also on Google Plus. Uh, we're everywhere. Um, even on Tumblr, though. Though I haven't put that in the social networking part yet. Current theme doesn't have that as a feature. So, anyway, I think that just about wraps it up several episode Uh, maybe uh, maybe in the near future talk about big things that happened in 2013 and how people can um, you know monetize blogs based on those topics too because that sounds like a perfect idea we're kicking a lot of stuff around this year Um, so entertain yourself, educate yourself, empower yourself. I'm Thomas
0: and I'm Steven and, um, we'll see you next time.